Shut up and sit down. When the wind blows, a disruption of the educational status quo, hosted by Aaron Barnes. And now, Aaron Barnes. All right, so that definitely lands differently live. <laughs> Feels really awkward. I don't typically have to listen to that, so uh, that felt a little, I don't know, self-promotion. Anyway. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, a podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested into the world of education. I am Erin Barnes, host of the show today, and today is so weird because not only are we doing the show live podcast, MP3 style, um, although it's not an MP3 if it's live, right? Is it? I don't know. Um, But we are also going live on Instagram, and that is brand new to us. We will just see how this whole thing goes. Um, But uh, this uh, episode today, I've got Jen Robinson with me. Uh, She is epic Jen Jen. I've kind of been a fan of yours for a really long time. Like, and I don't know why our circles haven't gotten to connect earlier than this really, because you're kind of a big time content creator. I love creating content. Maybe it's just because mine's not as good as yours. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You've kind of been up here for a really long time. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. And we are talking about passion and um, kind of creating content around passion. uh, But then also like, uh, I mean, not necessarily, it doesn't all have to be content creation, um, just kind of what you're good at. So I wanted to have you on the show, but tell the world, um, who you are and what, what you do in education. Okay. Thank you for having me and that awesome intro. Um, I'm Jen Robinson or Epic Jen Jen, and, um, I'm the managing director of advanced courses at Epic, which involves quite a few things. Um, of course, advanced placement, um, but also STEAM, so music, um, esports, clubs, um, gift and talented, and all those things. Okay, very cool. Um, so, mm, I, I mean, I would say if I were following your trajectory, like you landed in this place because of these these things you had done all along the way, um, where you were like, ooh. I need a science video. Ooh, I could do this. I could align the standard this. Okay. Well, when you're live, things happen. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Um, Anyway, uh, I think just um, along the way you, you put out some amazing content and people were like, I need to be in her orbit kind of. Um, What, what would you say is like, I don't know, as, as you were a content creator, what would you say is like some of your, your proudest accomplishments in that world as you, you know, that, that kind of led to you being overall advanced courses now? I think it's just, um, it started with listening to families and students, um, what we were lacking in their specific areas of, um, I don't know, just curiosity and trying to find and fill those needs any way I could. Um, I'm very shy, but when it comes to trying to produce content that reaches kids and gets them excited, then I come out of my shell a little bit. And so I saw a need for advanced placement 
and ran after that, um, saw a need for steam and for music and for esports, and just, I think it starts with just listening to, to families yeah. and what they want. I, yes, I would, I would say I have never been, I, you would never think of me in the world of esports, but as you've got kids that say, hey, I'm super passionate about this, you find a way to get passionate about what they're passionate about so that you can bring it to them. Right, which is what we're doing now. We've got kids that not only are they interested in esports, they're like, hey, I want a class where I can create music, gaming music, or I can animate for game. And so that's what we're working on now, which is very exciting. That's super cool. Uh, A couple of people in my department are headed to Adobe Max so that we can bring some of these things back to students uh, in the internships here. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Let me see here. So the next question I have, um, and I'll try to stick to the questions. It helps helps people if they click on the show notes too, but um, passion gave us the light bulb and it put us on the moon. Jen, what are you passionate about? I am passionate about music, um, imagination, curiosity, um, always asking questions, um, questioning everything. Um, honestly, I'm passionate about everything. I think a student can bring something to me, and if there's emotion behind it, because that's usually where the lesson plan starts, somebody was emotional about a topic, whether it was it made them happy, it got them excited, it made them sad, it made them angry. Or, or just curious, um, whatever it is, then I get passionate because it really drew something out of that student that they wanted to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the characteristics or attributes that you find are commonly associated with passionate or creative people? And do you have to be creative to be passionate? I don't think so. I, I think you have to be human to be passionate. Um, it, because you can be angrily passionate. You can be bored and still be passionate about something because you want more. Um, for example, I, I can remember going from a science class to my math class in middle school. My imagination was still stuck on the topic that my teacher in science interested me in, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Got to math class, couldn't understand, couldn't listen because my mind was just still racing with that passion I had for what I had just learned. And my math teacher, you know, It went above me. I was in la-la land like I usually am. And she just stopped and said, why don't you get it? Everyone else does. And it was because I was so passionate about what I had just learned. And it's hard sometimes to go from one topic to the other when you still want to learn more Mm. about what you had just, you know, your hair was lit on fire. So, yeah, I think that's, I mean, whenever I first found at this school model, it was one of the things that I was super excited about, like that we don't have to have so many hours in the seat this day of the week right. to uh, be in this. If I need to stick in science for, for three days in a row, let's do you it. Know, and then, and then yeah. hit the other subjects on the backside to catch up. I could. And, and yeah. yeah, you could, you can stay in that world that, that is super uh, igniting. Um, how do you currently cultivate passion and creativity? So now you're over teachers and you're teaching teachers. Um, I've seen you go to these large PLCs and talk to people. How do you teach um, passion or how do you cultivate it in the people that are then trying to bring it to students? Right. And it it's seasonal, I think, um, because 
when we get together and we talk about what are you doing in your classroom and if I have a teacher, say, experiencing burnout, I think it's important to, to listen what they've been doing, what they're bring back some of those things that they used to do that used to just get them so excited about teaching and let's focus on that rather than facts because we can teach facts all day. We can open a book. We can say, here's your lesson. Here's a video that goes along with it. But if that teacher isn't excited about that topic, what are we doing? Right. And so let's get excited about it again. Right. And I think some of the things you have to do is play, um, bring back that playfulness, um, I've never grown up and I don't ever want to. <laughs> I'm still a kid. And I think we have to go back to that, go back to the playground, get back on the swings, get back on the teeter-totter and figure out what was so exciting to begin with. So that, I'm going to chase a squirrel you just threw in <laughs> front of me. Do you think we can take a teacher that is burned out? Because that you hear so mm-hmm. much of that right now. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's 2022. Yeah. Not just um, in this school or that school or this state, but teaching as a whole, the nation, the world is kind of at this, like, I'm broke. Yeah. Do you think we can teach broken or um, burnt out teachers how to find passion again and change their mind? Absolutely. And what that involves is a break, whatever that looks like, a break and a reward, something that, um, because if we're just pushing data and we're just pushing numbers and we're just pushing, here's the content that you have to, to focus on and we're not offering a human approach to, to teachers and saying, I see you, I see what you're doing, I see the rewards you need, I see the break you need so that you can refresh yourself. Yeah. I was listening to James Altucher on the way in. And for what it's worth, sidebar, Instagram and podcast world, James Altucher, you know we're trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> Respond to us. He hasn't put out an episode since like July 30th, so I'm chomping at the bit. Waiting. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm listening to him talk to a guy about ping pong. And the guy was like this amazing ping pong person, um, which is random and, and crazy, but... I sent that episode to my daughter this morning. I was like, hey, start at minute 21, keep going until I say stop. Because everything he was talking about applied to her sport. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, listen to the way he's doing it. But one of the things he said is like, if I'm burned out or I'm losing to opponent after opponent that I should be winning to, I've got to stop and I'm going to leave the ping pong hall. Mm-hmm. I got to get a different scenery in my head, change my mind, and then come back and play. You basically just said the same thing that teachers could do, it, you know, that this ping pong player does. Absolutely. Just you got to change the scenery. Well, I tell you second. what, I've experienced burnout quite recently and it's because I got into a real bad habit of waking up early in the morning, not getting ready, going straight to work, Mm. straight to get those tasks knocked off the list and forgetting what I was passionate about and just work, 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 work to get the job done. And I'm I'm not doing myself any favors. Right. I need to get out and do what I love. Girl, I was so, I was feeling so sorry for myself last week. I'm just going to be open and honest here. You know, I was a teacher for a while. And then I was a principal and I moved into this world of communication um, and life happens. And now I'm kind of like at the head of communication. And I was just feeling like the fonts and color gatekeeper the other Mm -hmm. day. 
And I was like, what am I doing? This isn't <laughs> education. But then I thought, hold on, change my mindset. And, and I got back on track. But there was a probably 30-minute session. Yeah. I was like, what is this? What am I doing here? This isn't <laughs> educating. But it is. It is. Okay. Um, let me see here. Back on track. Uh, what kind of barriers prevent passion? Uh, in ourselves, in our students, in, in people we're leading, How, what kind of what kind of barriers exist that aren't going to let that come through? There are a lot of barriers, and I think it's when you don't focus on, you know, the social emotional um, aspect. I think just like we were talking about, if if I overload somebody or if someone overloads me with tasks, and there's no time to run outside for a ping pong match um, to break up the monotony of work. Um, you're forgetting, you're forgetting that aspect of who the person is and what they can bring creatively, creatively to, to education or to their personal life, no matter what. Um, um, I just lost my train of thought where I was headed with that, but <laughs> okay, it hey. like I said, I chase squirrels, so we'll come back. If you think of it, okay. be like, hey, I remember. Um, uh, 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 let me see. So I, I think one of the barriers, um, if I'm going to answer this question, is a closed mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really easy to get into a problems-focused method and not a solutions-focused method, and when we're focusing on problems over and over and over again. Um, without trying to bring a solution also, gosh, how defeating is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, my youngest, we're trying to decide how much she's playing us and how much she doesn't Mm -hmm. get sometimes. And you can just see her, like she'll put a mental blockade up um, when the paragraph, I mean, not the paragraph, the selected reading Mm -hmm. is just too long. Well, I'm done. A-A-A-A. And I'm like, no, kiddo. You, Got I watched you put that up. It was too long. Yep. I don't want to. And and you're not going to do well whenever you do that. Um, math problems, same thing. Um, and so you, I think putting up that mental block and saying, I just can't, or I don't, you know, this isn't me. I'm not this type of person. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's definitely a barrier to passion. And, and I think if you, if you see somebody put up that block, um, I'm just thinking of, of the, my colleagues, if I see them put up that block, there's a reason why. Perhaps they don't know the purpose, right, or the why. Ah. You know, and so maybe taking a little bit more time to explain. Well, here's the overall purpose, and maybe it would make a little bit more sense. I like that. I think the more transparency we can have in mm-hmm. something is huge. Um, how does emphasizing passion in the classroom um, help develop? that growth mindset in our students. Like what are we, what are we teaching them when we're teaching them to follow a passion or, you know what, let's take that thing that's not associated with what we're learning right now. And I'm giving you freedom to go that way. What are they learning from that? Life skills. I mean, they're going to carry that with them forever and it may take them on a completely different route that we never even thought they Sorry, <laughs> I told you I chased squirrels. Instagram world, there is this kiddo out here. The he cutest is ever. So stinking adorable. Okay. Anyway, no, you don't have to change it. It's fine. We're good. Okay. Uh, Brooks, my engineer over here, is ready to to show off this kiddo. Um, okay. Um, life skills. Sorry, yes. I chased that squirrel, and now we're coming back. So, what else? Um, I think. 
emphasizing passion in the classroom help develop a growth mindset. Um, it teaches them, I think, you know, if they're whatever college and career they go into, to keep massaging that curiosity so that you don't um, develop that burnout or, you know, hop from career to career to career because you never found what you were what you were passionate about to have that perfect, you know, quality work-life balance. Yeah. Um, so I think life skills and also um, just continuing that curiosity. Yeah, I am. Um... I'm a big proponent of failure. And mm-hmm. I mean, any long-time listener has heard me say, fail forward, fail forward. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and sometimes when we would start a passion project, um, we would say, okay, what are 25 bad ideas? So we can get those out of the way. Mm-hmm. And and nothing saying that this this won't become a bad idea, but let's do all of this failing up front yep. so that when we do start coming up with the good ideas, we can not feel so bad about the idea if it fails again, because, you know, we know what fails or, you know, yep. not letting it stop us from, from continuing passion and creativity as well. It's huge. Okay. This is... Um, I'm throwing this on you. I apologize. Uh, when I arrived this morning, I said, Hey team, throw words at me. And so we're going to play a word association game. Okay. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, we're going to play a word association game. We've got a list of words, um, that I typed as the team was, was saying them. Uh, uh, we will take that word and figure out how we can develop a lesson plan around it or use it for education. Okay. Okay. And I, I like doing this every once in a while just to show people like, and there are some inanimate objects on here, (laughs) but how almost anything can be taken and used for education. Um, anyway, so, uh, all right. The first word on the list is monopoly. Monopoly on the spot. Here we go. (laughs) Um, if I was going to take the Monopoly game and use it in an educational classroom setting, of course, you could use it for you know, personal finance, um, things like that. How to stay out of jail, maybe. <laughs> might be, <laughs> might be a, fun, like a fun little side lesson. But yeah, I think I would use it for personal finance. There's so many different ways you could use any, any game in a classroom. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, from, so little kids, just that counting mm-hmm. in, in concession, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, uh, counting money is huge. Like, you know, you've got pretend money here that you can play with. And, and yeah, like you said, gosh, personal finance. I didn't even think of that. Working well with others, not throwing the game board pieces. <laughs> rage quitting the game. Yes. No rage Smash quitting. Out of the way. Um, but no, deciding whether you want to rent or own, whether you want to yeah. pay somebody's fees. Um, what's it look like to develop a, a piece of property mm-hmm. um, so that when visitors from other properties come around, I mean, are they paying you or, or are you getting paid? Yep. You know, to are you a park place uh, person? Like, do you, do you try to buy a park place or do you just pay the fees? No, just pay the fees. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's smaller property. Yeah. Okay. Um, museums. Oh, goodness. There's so much um, with museums. Um, You know, now we can take a virtual tour of a museum anywhere in the world um, and discover anything about it. Um, But, I mean, there's so much there. There's a history lesson. There's an art lesson. There's a a creative story. Yeah. um, So much. I I had kiddos that did 
art. Uh, it was intro to art. Okay, so um, they would. I would give them a whole list of things that they had to define. And then we would take that list and we would go to the Philbrook. We would go to Gilcrease. Um, and they had to use at least seven words out of that list describing this piece of art. That's so cool. I would say, all right, you've got five minutes to do all the research you can on this piece. And then you've got to use seven of these words and then we'll record you. And so... That, that was intro Very to fun. art um, a couple of times. So, Very yeah. fun. Ice. I'm, they were Ice. being tricky with these words. Yes, Ice. they were. So, Oh, my goodness. If I were going to use ice in the classroom, I would want really huge blocks of ice and and to do a little sculpturing. That would be so Ooh. much fun. Um, and maybe, um, I don't know, a history project on, you know, the ice hotel. How cool would it be to go there? Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, we were in, I think DC and we went with EF tours. Um, and we went on a ghost tour. Oh, fun. And they took us to this place that used to be an ice house. Really? Where, um, and so of course they tried to weave in their, their little ghost story, mm-hmm. but, but just imagining, oh yeah, ice houses were a thing. Like we didn't have yeah. ice in our house. Very and so, cool. uh, that was where I went immediately with that. But then I'm thinking science. Uh, I mean, we can record the things that make it melt faster Mm -hmm. uh, the rate in which it melts in this temperature, you know? uh, Yeah. There's, there's lots of things we can evaporation and yeah. Okay. Science ice Um, Tupperware. Tupperware. Everybody's got to have a good set of Tupperware. Um, <laughs> I would probably create a really fun music um, music core program or, or activity. Uh, the different sounds that the different sizes and different little um, accessories make. Um, you could also do, you know, again, science, um, collecting different things. Um, just a... What, what two colors make another color? Yeah. That would be easy, you know. I immediately am thinking of my kids using them as terrariums. Yes, that would be fun. And I would go and I, you know, got to put the soup away. Mm-hmm. Where's all the Tupperware? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a lizard living in this one. Yep. And we've got a grasshopper and a praying mantis. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Flip-flop. And I was, so when they gave me this one, I was like, oh, I got it. I got mm-hmm. this one. Um, how would you use flip-flops? create a lesson or in the classroom. That is so interesting. There's so many different things you could do with flip-flops. I guess the first thing I would think of is probably an adventure. Where would you go in your flip-flops? And, you know, turn it into maybe have a a student create a scavenger hunt in those flip-flops in the various places they go and and what they do and what they find. I like it. So immediately when um, someone said flip-flop, I remembered I had a student who sent me a flip-flop in the mail. What? She's sent me a coconut in the mail also. That is just cool. Just trying to see what she can get away with. You yeah. Know? But it was not in a box. The flip-flop was the piece of mail. And so she wrote on the bottom of the flip-flop uh, what she wanted to say. She was in Florida. Um, and so, yeah, I've received a flip-flop. It could the be the, the traveling flip-flop. How far does this flip-flop go? Okay, that's really the cool. World. And then I'm just thinking we could do an Instagram thing with it where yes. you're taking pictures of this flip-flop. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. I love it. Elevator. How would you oh, use an goodness. elevator? An elevator. Um... 
Hmm. Of course, a gravity lesson, of course, but I always want to go on adventure with things. I would want to do a history of project over the history of elevators. I'd want to know what they look like in Dubai. Ooh. You know, that oh, would be interesting. the tallest building in mm-hmm. the world. That would be really cool. Um, the fastest elevator. Um, I don't know. Things like that. That'd be interesting to me. So you said history lesson and immediately um, we took a group of students to the Marlin Mansion here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. It was Ponca City. I think it's Ponca City. Um, and uh, they have the oldest elevator, that the first elevator that was purchased for residential property outside of the White House. Wow, that would be really cool. And Otis still comes and services it. Nice. And you can ride in it. Um, it makes me think I would want a course on elevator etiquette. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> well, and then, like, the people who used to, like, service elevators. Yes, that would like, be really cool. Welcome, what floor? I mean, during COVID, I can remember entering an elevator, and there was a picture up on the wall, and everyone needed to face the wall away from each other. Only four people in the elevator, so we all rode facing the wall. Interesting. Very, <laughs> very awkward. I've gotten into an elevator and faced the wall just for fun. Just for fun. Just to, to be a weirdo. <laughs> I've never seen that but yeah. with the COVID. Okay. Um, okay, video games. How would you oh, use Oh, my goodness. Games? There's... I mean, gamification and education is so big right now. Um, you could literally do anything. You could gamify any lesson that you wanted to. Um, but I think where it's at right now, since there are so many scholarships available for, for eSports, I think um, I would just use them to, depending on what the student's interested in, do you want to learn to create music for video games? Do you simply just want to compete um, as a gamer? Do you want to, um, you know, I don't know, be a coach one day? There's so many things you could do and teach with video games and gamification. It, it's endless, truly. Brooks, what was the name of the video game you were telling me about earlier? Uh, Hearts of Iron 4, which is a World War II simulator where it kind of, you, you have to actually do the logistics for the Army and you have to manage manpower. And, like, all the equipment that goes on the individual soldiers, like, you have to manage all that stuff. So wow. it's not a battle simulator. It's almost more of a logistics yeah. simulator. Yeah, yeah. And I know The Division, which is mm-hmm. a video game. Uh, I don't know all the terms for it. I just know my husband plays it. But he has to pick his, what what body armor he's, for this battle, like, these are the people you're going to face. What body armor are you going to use? What, you know, stealth are you going to have? What What's your health And you've got to, like, give up health to have this body armor Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. Um, And so I I think of things like that. But even, like, my youngest playing um, Call of Duty Zombies. I know. Uh, I I don't like zombies. I don't like zombies either. I can't watch it for very long because they're like, ah. No. Oh, you like zombies. (laughs) No. But they, they will talk about strategy yeah. as they're, you know, together going through and I don't know what is a good level, but they're like level 24 playing these zombies and like, dad, you got to go around this way. I'm running out of ammo. Go get this shock something or other. Anyway. So just the, the dialogue and stuff that comes with that. And I remember my husband posting on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, Jen, 
um, he has got this side hustle that he does where he's flying drones for the Department of Transportation, and he is just flying the route of the construction Mm -hmm. uh, in Tulsa, the I-44 and Highway 75. He's got a couple of others that he does as well. Um, But he took a selfie of himself holding the drone, and he said... I never knew playing so many video games as a child would pay off. But, but like, he's a little drone operator mm-hmm. now with you know, the joysticks. Awesome. Okay. Um, and lastly, motorcycles. That was the last word they've given us. So what, what are you going to do with motorcycles? Ooh, with motorcycles, we are going to probably take it apart and put it back together for a mechanics class. I like that. You can talk about acceleration. I mean, yes. different motorcycles accelerate at different speeds. It's getting busy. Out it here. is. A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm thinking, so there's this book, um, Persig. I don't remember his first name, but he wrote the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And it's a modern day philosophy book meets motorcycle mechanics genre. And it doesn't sound like a book that I would pick up, but I found myself so It sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a little bit crazy and you end up seeing that in the, um, throughout the course of the the book, but, um, he and his kiddo take off and, um, drive this like 1960s motorcycle across the, the nation and talking about how, when they get with different motorcycle groups, like a soda pop can can fix this on a motorcycle and how they were all having to do all this studying, um, on the side. Like, so you're, um, I'm making up things now. I don't know what the name <laughs> of the parts would be. Your exhaust manifold. I don't know if they have those on motorcycles, Your but flux capacitor. thank you. It, it's busted. What are you going to do now? <laughs> and so it was just super interesting to hear like the, the problems that they came um, they came up with and, and how they solved them also. Um, but that, I mean, I would say that book, um, could be a, a novel that could be read also for a kiddo who, um, is super into motorcycles and, and there's a whole other host of things you can do with that novel, but there's so much motorcycle mechanics taking place in the book that I think it would be something that would interest That sounds really cool. I was going to say I would want to do it on motorcycle safety because it scares me. My Mm. son just got a motorcycle. (laughs) I was not a fan, but I'm telling you what, he has taken that thing apart and put it back together and watched YouTube videos, self-taught himself to, you know, make it better and, and fix it. So I think it's been a very good tool and he's very safe. Good, good. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I will have to do this again. Absolutely. Okay. Um, especially because we didn't even talk about advanced coursework no, or STEAM or we anything. Like, well, kind of a little STEAM maybe <laughs> with the with the uh, word association game. But okay. Um, that is all the time we have for today. And on Insta, thank you for tuning in uh, for our first time ever. Uh, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world. <laughs>